Dad, tell me a story. I've noticed a troubling trend as I converse with religious believers, salespeople, marketers, and all sorts of other individuals who have something valuable to share with the world. Lack of conviction. I could also refer to it as fear. Fear of rejection, fear of making an enemy, fear of being hated. It's as though millions of good people are keeping the best of themselves bottled up inside, held hostage by the opinions others might have. In more than a few sales, marketing, and church meetings, I've noticed how people tend to reel in their ambitions to share what they have with the world. For example, salespeople say things like, I don't want to be too pushy. They're very busy and they'll buy when they're ready. Marketers say things like, this message is too aggressive. We don't want anyone to feel put off by it. Religious believers say things like, of course I want to share my beliefs, but I don't want to be overbearing. The most powerful message I can send is how I live and love others. The tricky, pow- the tricky part about all this is that those statements are technically true. Yes, customers will buy when they are ready and not a moment sooner. I agree, we don't want our target customers to feel like our marketing message disrespects them. And of course, the way we live and love is the most powerful way to share our religious convictions. Absolutely. But here's my worry. I worry that we use these technically true statements as a mask to hide behind. As a pleasant and comforting excuse to not speak and act with conviction when it matters most. After all. It makes rejection easier to bear. But conviction is necessary. Conviction is right. If something has changed your life for the better and sharing it will change other people's lives for the better, well, share it. Share it with the world. Let people know with your actions and your words that you have something beautiful to share. I want to offer you three ways that you can inspire other people and live with more conviction. It's time to let go of the fear you have of being rejected, hated, or despised. It's time to be as forthright about where you stand and what you know as the rest of the world is. Let's begin with stories. The first thing you need to do to inspire other people and live with more conviction is become a storyteller. I've told this story before, but I'll briefly summarize it. Suppose I wanted to persuade you to wear a helmet when you ride a motorcycle. I could do extensive research. I could tell you that motorcycle helmets reduce the risk of death in an accident by 39% and the risk of injury by 65%. I could explain to you the anatomy of the brain and specify which parts of your head are most at risk should you get in an accident without a helmet. Or I could tell you that when I was 12 years old, I had a small Kawasaki KLX 110 motorcycle. And on a Saturday afternoon in spring 2007, my parents pulled all our belongings out of the garage, including my motorcycle, in order to make room for spring cleaning. And as I meandered outside, I saw my precious Kawasaki sitting there on the sidewalk, lonely, begging me to take a seat. I, of course, being an obedient motorcycle rider, hearkened to the call and hopped on board. But right after I sat down, my mom walked outside to see me sitting there, my hands on the handlebars and shouted, don't you ever sit on that thing without a helmet. I jumped off, buckled on my helmet and sat right back down. Okay, mom, okay. I had no intention of actually turning it on when I sat down, but now that I was there and now that I had a helmet, well, why not? 
I pushed all the weight of my 11-year-old body down on the kickstart. I let the engine start purring. Then I pulled the throttle, expecting nothing more to happen than for the engine to roar. But as soon as I pulled the throttle, the bike took off. Somehow, it was already in gear. I didn't even know it. I popped up onto my back wheel completely by accident and bolted across the street. I was so immediately panicked and unsure of how to get back control that I just held on for dear life. I rammed into the neighbor's curb as I fell down to my left, my hand crashing down on the pavement. My bike fell on top of me. The back tire continued to spin against my right side, tearing up my shirt and skin and causing me to dive even deeper into a panic. I reached my right hand over to stop it, but my thumb broke in the process. By then, my dad had made it over to pull the bike off me, and my parents rushed me to the ER. A few months later, I walked into the garage and had the random instinct to pick up my helmet, the helmet I hadn't worn since the accident. And on the back was a dent, a, a dent and scuff mark of considerable size from where I'd hit the pavement. And I was shocked. I realized, holy cow, mom was right. If I hadn't been wearing my helmet that day, what would have happened to my precious head? I tell my son this story when I tell him why he needs to wear a helmet. And the other day as I was out doing yard work, his friend was not wearing a helmet. And my, my little boy Easton said, we need to wear helmets when we ride our bikes. When my dad was a kid, a helmet saved his life. And I just could not get enough of that. I thought it was so awesome that he's now telling the story to his friends to convince them to wear a helmet. Tell stories. Share the extraordinary and positive things that are happening in your life. Share the lessons you're learning from these stories. This isn't an invitation to fill the world with your, with your stress, right? It's not an invitation to dump all your problems out there in the form of a story. It's an invitation to uplift. If you're, a, again, a salesperson, a marketer, a religious person, if you've got something to share, tell people the story of how you learned or earned that thing. Tell them how you came to make that a part of your life, why you're doing it. And in turn, I imagine that many people will follow you. Number two, ask thoughtful questions. Jeffrey Gittimer, who's a world-famous sales trainer, says, The most important aspect of making a sale is also a major weakness of every salesperson. Asking questions. It's an enigma to me. Questions are so critical, you'd think it would be the topic of training every week. Yet salespeople are odds-on favorites to have never taken one training program in the science of asking a question. That's Jeffrey Gittimer's words. And I apply Jeffrey's statement to any kind of persuasive work. If you want to become a more persuasive human being, ask thoughtful questions. As I have applied the art of asking thoughtful questions to the other areas of my life outside of sales, I have found that with enough sincerity and asking, you can talk about pretty much anything with pretty much anyone. Author Krista Tippett writes, questions elicit answers in their likeness. Answers mirror the questions they rise or fall to meet. So while a simple question can be precisely what's needed to drive to the heart of the matter, it's hard to meet a simplistic question with anything but a simplistic answer. It's hard to transcend a combative question, but it's hard to resist a generous question. 
We all have it in us to formulate questions that invite honesty, dignity, and revelation. There's something redemptive and life-giving about answering, or sorry, asking a better question. Again, that's author, author Krista Tippett's. Ask thoughtful questions, get thoughtful answers, build thoughtful relationships. When you're genuinely curious about people and you ask them questions to invite them to elaborate on what they're experiencing in life, you will find opportunities in those conversations to share the things that you have conviction about to inspire people. Number three, show up to learn. I've always had trouble with the idea that nothing is sacred, that you should be prepared to have your mind changed at all times. People say that's what it means to be open-minded, but I disagree. Being open-minded is showing up to learn, not necessarily to have your mind changed. It's entirely possible to learn something amazing about another person and keep your conviction. Put another way, you are not required to sacrifice your conviction in order to connect with other people. A great way to learn from others and build an environment where your conviction can thrive is to let silence in. Silence is not awkward. It's powerful. It's a moving force of tension. And when you pause and let silence do its job, people will naturally fill the silence with honesty. Allowing silence in, listening and being ready to learn from anybody sends signals to the other person that you're not on the attack. You're here to connect and share something meaningful. So always be ready to learn from people. Now there's one more thing. This is about disagreeing because sometimes when it comes to living our conviction, we're just, we're going to disagree. All right. That's, that's the fact of the matter. But I want to share something from Shane Parrish's Farnham Street that I thought was really powerful. On disagreeing, he said, sometimes all you can do is find a way to productively disagree. In her TED Talk on the topic, champion debater Julia Dar explains that there is a model for structured disagreement that's kind of mutually respectful and assumes a genuine desire to persuade and be persuaded. First, Dar advises having such discussions face-to-face or at least over the phone whenever possible because listening to someone's voice as they make a controversial argument, is literally humanizing. It makes it easier to engage with what the person has to say. Second, she recommends focusing on the person's ideas, not their identity. What they're saying matters more than who they are, and their identity shouldn't be a reason to disregard their views. Third, she describes intellectual humility, the willingness to step into another opinion and question your own as essential. If you don't show humility, why should the other person be willing to consider your opinion or be critical of their own? Doing so can help diffuse tensions and build common ground. Again, that's from Shane Parrish's Farnham Street. Conviction is beautiful, my friends. Salespeople, if you're not willing to share your product with conviction, find something else to sell. Marketers, if you're worried about sharing your message because people won't like it, put some skin in the game and become a salesperson. Religious believers, you have something beautiful to share. The world desperately needs your voice. Share what you know. Share how it's changed you. Invite other people to see it or feel it or experience it for themselves. You have nothing to fear 
but the untrue stories that play out in your mind. Shun the non-believers, the naysayers, the haters, and share your conviction with the world.